Okay. Visceralist Podcast, episode 16. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, feel free uh, to tweet or email uh, both our Visceralist, uh, Visceralist at Gmail. Uh, let's, get, let's get right up. Oh, there it is. Can't, can't stop. What was that? That's that's definitely on your end. That that's our go-to like vacuum cleaner noise. That is, it's in like every episode. Oh, I think I know what you. Should. How do you pick that up? I think that's an airplane. No, it's not an, an airplane. Is this an airplane flying over you every episode? Maybe. Do you live near JFK? I mean, I can see JFK. Like I can see the planes going in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I still don't think it's that. Uh, anyway, let's get right into our <laughs> our uh, increasingly popular segment, uh, trifling in NYC. Um, so this week, you and I have been talking about the story that you have for this week. We've been chatting about it. We specifically said don't. Don't fill me in on, don't fill me in on all the details because it sounds amazing. Um, just a little bit that you told me, um, so I can't wait. So, um, I think we'll just burn through mine uh, really quick. Uh, I I mentioned that there's like last week I had four. I did one last week, so I have three left. Um, I I think I might just burn through them all right now. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, how was your week? My week? Yeah, actually, sorry, I have to do something on this and just talk about, um, you have a fast food segment really quick. Um, the fast food triangle captured me a couple weeks ago. I went to Popeye's. That was, I was beaten down. I walked past it every day for so many days. You can only... Hold on for uh, can't hold on for an infinite amount of time. What'd you get? I don't. I don't think I ever had Popeyes before, actually. What? It was my first experience. Oh, what's um, what the, wait, what? What? What are you talking about? Of course you have. Why did we? Did I have it with you one time? Did we have it together. Um. Well, no. I'm thinking more like everyone's had Popeyes, so I don't know how you would have avoided it your whole life until now. Yeah, and it was, it was all right. You know what was funny? I was in there waiting, and what popped into my mind was um, <laughs> there was there was like that uh, secret salt or some kind of sauce, and I couldn't remember what it was. And I almost called you. You're like, I gotta ask for this sauce. <laughs> He's gonna know. He'll know. Uh, I do know exactly what you're talking about because they mentioned it on Firestarter, Firestarter right. podcast, one of our mutual favorite podcasts. Um, they, it's called Cajun Sparkle. Oh, that's what it was. Dang. Yeah, and it comes in a packet, and it is weird because apparently it, it's not on the menu, and you have to ask for it. And I don't even think every like every location has it. I think it might be like more of a like Mid Atlantic thing. Um, oh, okay. And apparently, yeah, it's a little packet of like seasoning. Um, I. Th- I think I, I looked it up sometime and it's basically just like MSG with like some salt. 
Cajun Sparkle. <laughs> Some good marketing. Um, yeah, it's sort of like the in and out has the secret menu. Um, right. Which I I don't like. I th- which I think is tri- speaking of trifling. I think it's trifling that In and Out has that whole secret menu, um, because it's like like ninety percent of their menu is the secret menu. <laughs> it is their basic menu is like six items. Yeah. Um. So well. So how did you find uh, the Popeyes? It was pretty good actually. Better than expected. Did, did you feel bad after? Was it like Bruce Lee with aspirin? <laughs> no, I didn't feel that bad afterwards. I usually, um, McDonald's usually does that to me. If I eat McDonald's, my stomach doesn't feel very good afterwards. But Popeyes was alright. Okay. Oh, I got the Cajun, the, the spicy anyway. Wait, say that again? The spicy chicken, not the regular chicken. Thanks. Um, okay. All right. So, you okay over there? What are you, are you, what's, you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'll okay. go over here. Rock, rocking and rolling. Anyway, um, so my three stories are crawling through the window, interviews at NYC, and mugged for water. So I'm going to start with crawling through the window. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really do want to get through all of these so that because I know I, I know I have weirder stories that I'd like to get to, but like it's, <laughs> it's kind of tough when it's like it's it's like Sahara Desert where every grain is a different story. That's like my life. Um, a different trifling stories. So, so anyway. Uh, okay, so this revolves around, or involves, uh, this girl I was dating many years ago, uh, in, in New York. Um, she actually is someone you know, um, uh, let's see, without using her name, uh, let's say, um, <laughs> someone that, um, was, uh, went to your college. Oh, okay. Okay, so I think you know. You probably know. Yes. Okay. So anyway, um, and as many, many years ago, so put those two together. Um, so anyway, it was early on in our, our dating, and she was great. It was going pretty well, um, but it was early. Um, and so I was still, like, in that mode where I was sort of trying to impress her. Um and uh, actually, I was thinking about this earlier because um, we broke up over one of the dumbest. Things. <laughs> and of course, it's it's not, not like she didn't do anything dumb. It was just me being dumb and selfish. And like I was thinking about it because um, in retrospect, okay, dude, that's not a plane. I did nothing, man. Okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> um. So the, she broke up with me because, like, I, well, there was obviously several reasons, but um, the, the, the triggering moment uh, was we got into an argument about uh, I, I was wearing jeans. I happened to be sitting in her bed. Um, do you hear that in the background? 
I do hear that. I don't know what that is. Is that like a neighbor playing music or something? Um, it is in a neighboring apartment, but I don't know what it is. It's like a constant vibration you hear, right? Um, no, it's sort of like. It almost sounds like a lawnmower, but that doesn't make no, any sense. No, 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 not that. It's uh, right there. Oh, that was a motorcycle outside. Okay. Now do you hear anything? No, that's good. We should turn, we should maybe do a separate street noise in in NYC. Anyway, <laughs> the reason <laughs> the reason the triggering event was um, I I think I came straight from work to her place and on the subway, and I. She's like, you need to get out of the not wear your jeans in my bed. And I was kind of annoyed. I was like, really? Like, you know, I just got over here, came all the way out here. Um, she's like, yeah, just just take your jeans off. And because I because they're dirty from the subway. And like, she's totally right. Right. Yeah. But for me, it was like, I just I don't like being told what to do, even if I'm wrong. Um, it's just like it's a big pet peeve of mine. So I was like, well, I'm just going to leave then, um, which is like pretty drastic. <laughs> Fine, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so look, look, it's a package deal. Me, my jeans, uh, we go everywhere together. Um, so anyway, that's how it ended, but that was... I think a couple months after the beginning part that I'm going to describe, which is um, the crawling through the window story. So basically, um, we had been, it was like a Friday night. We had been texting during the day about meeting up later. And I think she had some kind of dinner party or something. She's like, I'll come, why don't, why don't I come over to your place after? And then we can figure out what, what we're going to do. We can still go out for like late drinks or something. So I'm like, great. So, I, I think I had gotten home after work, and then maybe like an hour or so before it was time to meet up, I was like, oh, I should get some drinks. So I left my apartment to go get some beers or something. And I came back, I realized um, I didn't have my keys. Um, so I, I left without my keys. I'm locked out of my apartment, and she's due to come in like, I don't know, like 45 minutes or so. So I had like 45 minutes. I was like, oh shit, so I'm knocking on the door because um, my roommates, of course, no one answers. And, like, <laughs> and I think I think one of them was actually there, but like maybe it was late and like he was asleep already. Um, but anyway, didn't come to help me. Um, so I'm freaking out because I'm like, I still want to like, you know, it's kind of lame, like if she comes over, oh, you're locked out. Okay. Well, right. <laughs> like it was a little too early, I think for us to like, be like, where she'd be like, oh, let's just go to my place. Um, <laughs> yeah. The car is acknowledging that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the car's like, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. I can't do that. It's way, way too early. Um, she's got to be comfortable first. Uh, so I knew that was, so I'm like, I'm like, I, what do I do? So I, uh, I think, I, oh, I called my super because my super lives nearby and he has the keys. And of course he's not answering. I think he's already asleep too. Like, um, I don't know, turn his phone off or something. Um, so 
and I've, I've gotten locked out of my apartment a few times just for my own stupidity. Um, and I've, I, what I've started doing is leaving a set of keys at my office. Um, oh, okay. Because as long as I have my wallet, I can, my office is open 24 seven, so I can get into my office and, um, just get the keys and then, um, and then I'm good. So you with me? Any, any I'm with you. So you're coming back. You've got some drinks with you. Right. Trying to impress a lady. Right. <laughs> but you can't get in. Correct. So, um, I, now there's a window in my hallway that looks out into the window of my kitchen. Right. So, what I, I devised the plan. And, I, and I'm on, like, the, the top floor, which is, like, the fifth floor, basically, of my apartment building. And um, I'm like, okay, so it's, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's like a, if you look out of the hallway window and you look to the left, like, my kitchen is there. And there's a window. So I'm like, okay, maybe I can crawl out of this window, and I think I can sort of, like, reach over with my leg to the windowsill of the kitchen and that window happened to be open like the the, the window pane part so there was just a the kitchen window okay yeah so that <clears throat> was open so there was just the screen and I was like well I can either open the screen or just like literally just push push it in and get in um, now the tricky part here is that um, I'm five stories up, and if I fall, I fall into, like, this, like, weird, like, alley sort of thing that's, like, part of the building, but outdoors, so I would definitely die. <laughs> yeah. Five-story drop into the air shaft death. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, and, yeah, equals death. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's yeah. That's you don't need the supreme mathematics to to figure that. Um, and you know, even telling the story now is like making me like nervous, like because I remember like can't believe. All right, so uh, so basically, I did it, and I open so I open the window. I'm crawling out. Um, I sort of turn around, so I'm facing the window I crawled out of, and then I sort of stretch my right leg over to the window sill. Fuck, how did I do this? I don't even know how I did this. But, um, and so I stretched over there, and then I think I, think I just kind of kicked the screen in. So I was reaching, like stretching my leg basically all the way, and then kicking while I'm hanging on to the window sill of the hallway window and just kicking and I did manage to kick it in enough to where god I think I then like I was able to sort of reach over or no no I reached over with my other foot and I sort of crawled in backwards some feet first into the kitchen window and then kind of push did I push myself in for the 
Yeah, I still don't know how you how you did this. I was looking at those windows when you first told me that story when we were in the hallway, and I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> amazed <laughs> that you were survived that. Yeah, and I, I mean, subsequently, this is and this is many years ago. Like over the years, like I've I've seen stories of people doing roughly the same thing who have died. Um, from like just like falling like it's 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 one of the dumbest things i think i've ever done in my life um and certainly not worth like because you know things were going (laughs) things are going well so if she's like okay we're locked out i guess we can't hang out tonight um we'll just hang out later in the week or something like that (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) like it wasn't like you know like the the jeans the bed and the jeans of the bed incident had already happened and I was trying to make that make it up to her try to get her back and so like everything like no it was like it would have been totally fine but I was like I was so determined and on some level I think I just wanted to kind of see if I could do it mm, okay um, but in retrospect just listeners do not ever do anything like this it is like even just thinking about it makes me scared like i'm getting like like a little bit of fear in my heart um like if if, like any like i don't know what are your thoughts on this um don't i would never do it again i'm like yeah if if we had switched places i would feel the same way like wow that was dumb i made it through that (laughs) like I still, how, I still don't know how you made it, how your, how your legs got in, and then how you managed to, were you like pressing your arms against the walls of the outside of the building? Is that how you stayed up? Because, you know, it would have been too top heavy. It was far. Yeah, no, I think it was more like I sort of like, okay, no, I didn't go feet first. Like I, I reached over, I reached over with the first foot, and then I was able to sort of reach my right arm over and grab the top of the window, the kitchen window pane, like it, like there's like a, it came out a little bit, so there's like a, maybe like an inch or so that I could grab onto, and then I sort of like shimmied over, and then like kick kicked the screen in, and then kind of like did like a, like I like I so like slid in first while I'm hanging from the I, again I don't know man that you, you know like I can't even picture you doing anything like that that showing that level of flexibility um, I mean, this yeah like now like <laughs> I was still like relatively in shape um and the, the only reason like, like sometimes I'm like did I dream that but I do remember that I had the, the broken window pain that I um I th- I think I, I kind of hid under the sofa um, <laughs> because I didn't want my roommates to see, and then they were just like at some point. Well, they obviously they asked, and I was like, I think I just said that like a, like a bird flew into it or something, and, it, and so I took it out and I, I'll, I'll get around to replacing it. But then like months later like my landlord had to get into the, the um, 
apartment for something and he's he noticed that the screen was gone and he's like what happened to the screen and i i was like i think it i think it broke <laughs> i think it broke and that was it just left it at that well he, he's like okay well he replaced it um and that, that was it um but uh, so that's so the fact that I had that screen that I just threw under the couch and kind of left there for I think a couple of years. Um, that's the only evidence that I that I know that I actually did this. Right. Wow. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, she did she did come over and you know we, we had a good time. Did you tell her when she came over what yeah. happened? Or you just yeah. kept that to yourself? No, no, no. Like, I didn't tell anybody for, like, a couple years. I think you were maybe probably the first person I told. Okay. Because, uh, like, also, like, if I guess I wasn't really facing any apart other apartment windows. Well, maybe a couple. But, like, yeah, if anyone had seen me do that, like, they could just call the cops. Because it would be totally reasonable to assume that I was just breaking in. <laughs> I mean, it was. <laughs> be like, look at this guy. <laughs> Some like <laughs> B movie brand of Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's add that to uh, the Pharaoh uh, movies. What was the other? It's the Pharaoh, and then we had the the monkey. You had those fucking monkeys riding oh, dolphins and shit. Right. The monkeys riding <laughs> dolphins. The planet of the, you know, water world of the apes. Yeah. And so I guess this new one we'd call, like, I don't know, Oceans. Oceans negative 11. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that sounds accurate. Okay. So that's, that's pretty good. Maybe I don't need to go through these. I don't know. I'll just do the interviews in New York one quick, and then I'll save um, the mug for water one because the mug for water one's really pretty good. Interviews in NYC is basically just um, when I moved here, <coughs> I was uh, <clears throat> I was looking for work. I was living with my sister, and um, I just I basically just needed to get a job, just any sort of basic job, um, to sort of just get started. Um, because I was going to, the plan was that I'd start a band with a buddy of mine and, and we, you know, probably become pretty successful pretty quickly. So I just needed any job. Um, so I was applying to all kinds of jobs. And when I, um, when I moved here, I was living with my sister for like, you know, two months. And over the course of that, I would, uh, like, I, I got a lot of interviews. Um, but it got to the point where I was like scheduling like I'd have like two interviews a day, and sometimes like maybe five interviews in a day for like four or five weeks straight, or maybe longer. Um, wow! And so I sort of got in this rhythm where like because they mostly ask the same sorts of questions like, yeah, well, what what you drove you to? Why did you apply to this company? Where do you see yourself in five years? Like, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Like that kind of shit. Right. And so I got, you know, I, I got, of course, cocky, and I, um, 
because I was, you know, I, I got in a rhythm where I, I knew what to expect and how to answer and what people like to hear. Um, and it got to the point where I was literally just writing on a scrap of paper where what, what the address of where I had to be and what time. And that was it. And so I'd go out for the day. And this is before smartphones and shit. Um, so I'd just go out for the day with just that info. And, like, they would... I would frequently not even know what company I was going to. So, so cocky, self-assured <laughs> for someone for someone who doesn't have a job. You're like, I got this. <laughs> Five so interviews, I, whatever. <laughs> I mean, the priority for me was like, I got to be out in the city for like, from like ten to I don't know three waiting around, I gotta spend some time waiting around, like, what am I gonna do while I'm waiting around, because I don't wanna be bored, um, and where am I gonna eat lunch, so, I think, and I think, like, yeah, so I probably went on, like, maybe 30 interviews over the course of, like, a month and a half, and, um, I think I only got two job offers from all that, and, and, no, three, three, and one of those was through my sister's connections, and that's the one I wound up taking. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't even have to. Oh God. But anyway, one the mo- most notable was like it was at um, it was at this office, and I so I go in, um, meet with the HR rep, and she's like, and I had no clue where I didn't even know where I was. Like seriously, it was just an office. <laughs> Like, I didn't check the sign at the door. I just kind of, like, signed in. This is, like, how So disrespectful to the interview. <laughs> yeah. I literally had no... I knew it was, like... I knew it was some kind of, like, healthcare or healthcare-adjacent type place. Um, and I only knew that because I saw some doctors walking around as I'm, like, waiting. Um, in the waiting room. So she's like, so what drew you here? And I'm like... I guess it's something like, well, you know, obviously, uh, you know, your reputation for this place is, uh, is, is pretty great. You guys are doing a lot of great things. Um, you know, it's it would, it would be an honor to, to work here. You know, I had to apply. Uh, frankly, I didn't even think I'd get this interview, so it's great. Like, like all this kind of nonsense without going to any specifics. And, and so she's like, she asked me this follow-up, which is like, um, so, you, you know what we focus on here, what we specialize in. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you, you guys um, well known for your healthcare apparatus. And, um, so, <laughs> I think she, like, then, like, realized that I had no idea what I was talking about. And I was just going to bullshit my way through it. And so she, she stopped me and she's like, well, you know, Memorial Sloan Kettering is one of the, the best, like, most predominant, like, premier cancer research centers in the country. <laughs> yeah. So it was Memorial Sloan Kettering. That's where it was. Wow. And I was interviewing. <laughs> what was the job? What were you going to do there? I think it was, like, an office assistant for, like, um, in, like, ovarian cancer doctor. Oh. So... I was like, so that's when I was like, I was like, oh shit. Um, and I think, I 
think I said something about like how my grandmother and grandfather died of cancer, which is true. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. Like, I got the thing is like I got to be pretty good. At, like, I'm I was pretty good at just kind of like sweet talking people and like just kind of bullshitting enough. So the funny thing is that like um, I got a second interview. <laughs> immediately after the, the interview with the HR person. So I interviewed with the doctor like an hour later. Um, and, and so I think, and I think the main, <laughs> the main reason is that like, you know, he's dealing with like some pretty serious stuff. And like, I just think there was a lot of turnover. Mm, okay. <clears throat> in that position so I mean they could see I was pretty smart like you know my did I have any job experience yeah so I had some minor damn are they they're coming for me man every time every every time we record it's got... funny that like yeah we record on like Sunday afternoons so, like that's when like your block is hot <laughs> I, I like that as well. I always like that. Yeah. Huh? Um, so, I mean, let's, let's just, uh, so I, would, I may just, I'll just get edit this part out. So okay. Let's just, let's just give it a sec. I'm trying to think why. There's, because there are a lot of, some of them don't necessarily go down my block, but I think Empire Boulevard is a popular one for ambulances and emergency personnel to go down and I'm close enough to it that it's really loud obviously yeah okay anyway um, so I had the interview with the doctor um, and then I think yeah it was crazy as I was leaving and, th and that interview went well too and like I mean you know office assistant stuff is you know as, as long as you know as long as you know like uh, the MS office suite, like Excel and Outlook and stuff, like, um, it's manageable, um, and I think the doctor kind of liked my personality, too, so I don't, I think I didn't get offered that job, I think they actually called, the HR woman called me and said, um, you know, fuck you, basically, It's funny because as I was leaving that job, I got offered, I got a phone call where I was offered uh, one of the jobs that I'd interviewed for a couple weeks before that, and I agreed to that interview, I agreed to take that job, and then like a day later, I got the job through my sister's connections, and so I called the first job back and said, sorry, I can't take it. <laughs> Sorry, I got a better offer. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that is pretty trifling, but, um, you know, karma got me back because that first job, the job I wanted to take was awful, and I left before, I think before I even finished a year there. Um, but anyway, I'll, so that's, that's my stuff. Uh, I'll save the mug for water story for uh, probably next week. Um, but I really want to get to your story. 
um, I'll, I'll just do some background. Why don't you do some background on, um, so for the, for the listeners, I'll just say the, the next big chunk of the episode is going to be, is going to revolve around the NBA and sports stuff. Um, I, I have gotten a couple notices from some friends who listen who say, you know, I'm not that into sports. You know, I do sort of mm, promote or service this to a comedy, a comedy leaning crowd. Uh, I think we do some good comedy here every now and then, but I will just say that stick with it listeners because it's not going to be too sports specific and we'll try to broaden it out for a general audience. Does that seem good? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. So <clears throat> we're talking about the Charles Oakley, Madison Square Garden, New York Knicks, James Dolan, kerfuffle. And you, that's some inside, inside info. So I do have some inside info. An exclusive. So <laughs> I had to sit down with Charles Oakley. Why don't you start... Why don't you first start with an outline of, of what happened uh, at the garden? That, uh, at the garden. That um, on a Wednesday night, I I actually don't know all the details anymore. I remember seeing this video, Charles Oakley looking very large and very upset. Oh, actually, <laughs> you know, let me let me do this. Um, just really bare bones intro. So Charles Oakley. Uh, is a very large uh, former NBA player uh, who is known for a few things. Uh, notably, he played for the Knicks for 10 years, uh, 1988 to 1998. Um, he played for the Chicago Bulls before that, um, and he got to know Michael Jordan then, and they became friends. And he was known as basically like an enforcer type. Um, which is basically like, you know, they're not like their performances may be kind of basic, but they like back in the day, like basketball used to be a little bit more violent. And if an opposing team, so if you're on a team and you have a star player and the opposing team is trying to like be rough with your star player as the enforcer, you sort of basically knock around the guys who are being you think are going to be rough with your player just to send a message that like you can't like I'm not going to allow that um, and so he was known for being like pretty aggressively physical was it, was that right? yeah it was pretty physical that whole that whole team was I mean it was a much more physical era but the, the Knicks were a very physical team back then as well they were like uh, you know real workman like just a work hard team, play tough defense. There's not going to be any easy layups. No, you're not dunking on somebody. They're going to knock you on your ass. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he was like the ringleader of that crew. Right. So anyway, he hasn't played since I think, well, actually he played, um, he played for the wizards after his Knicks career, uh, which at the time and Jordan was on there he's known for being very friendly with Jordan um, and anyway he's um, you know New Yorkers are, are are 
pretty partial to him because he was on the team when the Knicks were good, which was, you know, mid-90s, basically. Um, and he's just kind of an interesting character. Um, he speaks his mind during interviews um, with, without a filter. And so anyway, um, more recently, he was involved in, in uh, like two weeks ago, he was involved with an, in a, an incident at Madison Square Garden. He comes to see the games, New York Knicks games sometimes, um, and he has beef with the owner, James Dolan. Uh, he's the owner of the Knicks and of Madison Square Garden, and he's pretty universally um, detested by most Knicks fans um, because he's uh, sort of known as a bad owner. He's, um, the Knicks teams have been bad. He inherited uh, the Knicks and MSG from his father, who started Cablevision, um, and he's just kind of like a billionaire asshole. So, what and he has a band. And, oh, and he's a he has a, he's in a I don't know what genre you would call it, but it's other than like terrible. Um, <laughs> he's in a band called JD, the Straight Shot, I think, or the Straight Shooters. Um, Thinks, fancies himself sort of like a like a blues brother type character, um, just because you know he's just a billionaire and can do what he wants. And um, I think I, there was a rumor that like the Eagles played at wanted to play it at Madison Square Garden, but like uh, he stipulated that his band had to open for them. Um, what? I'm not sure if that was actually a condition of them playing, but band did definitely open for the Eagles. So, um, wow. Anyway, so why don't you get into what happened a couple weeks ago, the incident? Okay, so um, <clears throat> I was actually, I was at a fundraiser. No, no, no. Um, no, no, no. Oh, the incident, sorry. So at Madison Square Garden, um, Charles Oakley was there in the crowd. He became very agitated. Um, James Dolan was actually close by. He was like, I don't know if he was just, it looked like he was just trying hard to ignore it, pretend like nothing was happening behind him while there was like a circle of about six guys surrounding Charles Oakley. He like pointed at that guy's head real hard, like mushed that guy in the face. Why were they, like that. why were they surrounding him? Well, this, this part is unclear. He, he got agitated. There's, there's been different, you know, different opinions of what got him so upset. According to the Knicks, he came in drunk and was just belligerent. Um, according to Charles Oakley, he did nothing, but then he sent his, James Dolan sent his security guards to escort him out because they did not get along because he's been very critical of the Knicks in the papers and in media. Like you said, he's just honest guy. They ask him questions and he responds honestly. James Dolan doesn't appreciate it. Um, so, you know, and he's not the type of person that's going to back down. So once he was challenged by those security guards, he, he battled back. He didn't see any need for him to leave. Um, they got close. I think somebody put their hands on him. He reacted. And then it's just like Charles Oakley versus six dudes. And eventually um, they grab him and escort him into the tunnel. I think even Phil Jackson went in there, <laughs> tried to calm him down. I think the, Michael Jordan may have been called. I don't know. It was it was a big deal because he was so close to the court, um, and it was during a slow time of the game. 
they were shooting free throws, and so everybody started looking. It was a major distraction from the from the game. People on the bench, John McEnroe was in there, in the mix. Uh, <laughs> it, it just turned out to be a big mess, and yeah, and he looked so big. I don't remember him. He didn't seem that big when I was with him, but hmm. well, so then it, it blew up since then, and then I don't even know where it is now. So he was he was subsequently arrested. Um, the police were called. Uh, they did take him to the station. He was arrested. I believe he was actually charged as well um, with, um, I, I think, like men. I don't know. I, I, I should look this up, but I, I believe. I think it was assault because I think I believe he assault. punched one or two of those security guards. Yeah, and menacing. Um, so ser- definitely serious charges. Um, I, I mean, I assume he probably has access to a good lawyer. Doubt that anything serious will come of it. I wouldn't be at all surprised if the charges are dropped at some point. Um, but we'll get into what happened after that in a little bit. But you have an interesting insight on this because, if I remember correctly, you were hanging out with Charles Oakley, uh, I believe, the day before, the night before this happened. Do I have that right? Yes, the night before. Now, why is that? Um, well, I ended up, I got invited to a fundraiser and, um, Charles Oakley happened to be there. So in the beginning of this fundraiser, there are two different receptions. There's a regular reception, there's a VIP reception. And the person who invited me had tickets to the VIP reception, which is where the athletes were. Um, side note, Victor Cruz was supposed to be in there. He was being a jerk and was sitting outside by himself, didn't participate in a VIP reception, even though he was honored. <laughs> All the other athletes that were honored were in there, and so so were some like older retired ones, mainly old baseball players that I don't uh, really know, but other people recognize them as, as so like, oh, I don't really right. follow baseball. Wait, um, so Victor Cruz, uh, New York Giants wide receiver, recently dropped from the team. You say he was by himself? He did not participate in the VIP reception as is the, you know, the tradition for the honorees and all of the athletes there. They come into the VIP reception and they'll, you know, they'll sign autographs, take pictures, talk with people. He chose not to, just to stay. And like, he was like, apparently he was upstairs somewhere just waiting to go into the event because he didn't want to talk to anybody. Right. Um, but during the event, he signed some stuff. But then he left as soon as he got his he, he got his award, he got his honor, and then he gave his speech and immediately left. Well, this was probably, if not, this would have been right around the time he got dropped. Yeah, I think he got dropped the week after, right? Yeah. So he probably knew it was coming at that point. Possibly. Um, maybe writing was on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anyway. So in this VIP reception, I'm talking to people I came with, um, talking to a couple of these like old Yankees. And then like near the end of it, I turn and I see Charles Oakley like walks in. Oh, Charles Oakley. Like the only person that I recognized right away and sort of excited to see. It's like, okay. So he's, he's being nice with people, but then, um, the staff tells us it's time to go into the to the ballroom to our seats. 
Um, I didn't even talk to him then. I was just near him. People were taking pictures. So we go into their, to our table. I find I find a seat at the table, the only one that was really open. And then um, some people start moving around, and so a seat opens up next to me. And I turn around. I'm looking the other way, and then I turn back to the open seat. And who was sitting there? Charles Oakley is sitting in the open seat, which is <laughs> so now Charles Oakley sitting so, next to me. So so wait, so there wasn't like a sign No, you were assigned to a table, but then at the table you sit wherever you wanted to sit. Okay. So someone So we were assigned to the same table apparently. Um okay. and he just ended up sitting next to me. Okay. Uh, so, so you're then, probably pretty excited at this point. Yeah, so I was excited. It's like, all right. People at the table are excited because we got a celebrity sitting at our table. So did, did everyone, the other people at the table know like who he is? Yeah, every, everyone recognized Charles Oakley. He was probably um, the most recognizable one. Maybe Chris Canty, Victor Cruz. I don't know. Probably Charles. Oakley. I mean, he's in New York. Yeah, I. Um, I mean, also he's like. Huge, like he's six ten or something. He he is pretty big. Um, he didn't, I guess, because he was sitting so much, he didn't seem that big. But he's in he's in pretty good shape. He's yeah. got a little bit of a, of a strange walk. He said that's due to his a pinched nerve in his back. He's got a pinched nerve, so he can't be as active as he wants. But he also does uh he does a lot of he exercises every day. He says. So we got started. We got started talking, and then. Somebody had said something about. Wait, what are, what are you initially he, talking? What are you initially talking about? What's we were just talking? just chatting, just small talk about the event, and then somebody, it somehow it came up that he was from Cleveland. Oh. Until until then, then that's when I jumped in. That's I was like, your, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm from Columbus, and I said, like, my, my dad's from Youngstown. So then he started talking about places in Columbus where he, he was going. And I, I didn't really know those places, what he was talking about, but I just sort of agreed. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that place is good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, man, in and around. And then we talked about Northeast Ohio right. for a little bit. And then he asked me where I went to school. I told him where I went to school. And he's like, oh, he recognized that as well because it was, you know, it's Northeast Ohio. Yeah. And I told him I played basketball and he asked me, if this guy, I don't even remember the name, he, he mentioned some name, if that guy was my coach, he said no, um, and I told him the name of my coach, and then he recognized the name. Right. And so then we started talking about him and my coach's son. My, my coach's youngest son is um, Jared Sullinger. I don't even know where he's playing now. I think he's in, he's in Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. So then we started talking about um, Jared Sullinger for a little bit. Um, we talked about we talked about basketball. We talked about Ohio. Um, yeah, that's great. And then Man, the food awesome. started awesome. coming out. Yeah. So then the food started coming out, and then he starts talking about food and how he loves to cook, oh. and all the different things that he can cook. He told like me that. He, well, that morning he just woke up in a mood and decided to make oxtail and saffron rice for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do a double take. So you say what? <laughs> you had oxtail. For breakfast. Oh yeah, the bre well, the breakfast part is definitely a little stunning, but that he just has it around. Yeah, that is true. That he just yeah, that he just has it available, right? Looking in his pantry. Hmm. How about some oxtail? Mm. 
Who am I kidding? Of course I'm going to make oxtail. What am I doing? <laughs> Come on. Come on, Charles. Yeah. So we started talking about the, the food, how he cooks his oxtail, how he loves cooking desserts, he likes making rice, uh, bread pudding, banana pudding. Um, at one point later on in the night, <clears throat> I, he, I had like a flashback to Bubba Gump because he just starts listing foods that he could make. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> And the first one he started out with was um, <clears throat> potato salad. Mm. Except he didn't say potato salad. He said tater salad. And I was like, oh, I started laughing. He said tater salad. Da, 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 well, da, that's da, how you da. know it's good. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I so mean, that's, uh, that's great. I mean, of course. Like, dude, he's in, of course, like, he's in great shape. He had to be in great shape to play. Diet is a huge part of that, so yeah. I mean, I, I here I am chuckling, but like, I think I had Papa John's for dinner like this within the past week. Papa John's. Yeah. I don't like the way they talked about my president. Wait. What? Papa. Let's, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. We just, <laughs> Anyway, so Charles Oakley, so things got a little interrupted because uh, then the food started coming out and then there was a break in the program and so people came over to start taking pictures and I was like, come on guys, I'm gonna get you see we're having a conversation, but whatever. So um, uh, then we kept chatting and then there was a coworker of mine, a female coworker who was also there <laughs> and he thought that, apparently he thought that, uh, I guess we were together, but the rest of the dinner, the rest of the dinner was good. He started talking about Charles Barkley. Doesn't like Charles Barkley because okay, so Charles Barkley is a hater. <laughs> just after Barkley and or LeBron made those comments about Barkley that we, I think we talked about in the last episode. We did talk about that. Yeah. So this would have been just after that. So yeah. And somebody had asked him about that and he was like, man, I don't pay attention to what Charles Barkley said. I never liked that guy. He's just a hater. He just wants to bring everybody down, say negative things about people all the time. And that was, I think that was our idea. That was, we said that was his role on the show, just to be negative. Yeah, that's a great point. And like, I, yeah, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't like negative negativity. Um, although, sidebar, uh, there is a fairly well-known rumor uh, in NBA circles um, that has um, Charles Barkley and Charles Oakley, uh, we're in a meeting, some sort of NBA, uh, I think NBA union meeting, and things got heated, and apparently Oakley slapped Charles Barkley in front of a few people. Um, Oakley says this didn't happen, um, so they have they have a history. Sorry, Barkley says it didn't happen. Oakley oh, Barkley said it didn't happen. I could see Charles Oakley doing that. So they both have Barkley, Oakley? <clears throat> They're both hotheads. Similar, similar names, too. Yeah. <laughs> Barkley Oakley. Um, <clears throat> he gave some information about Patrick Ewing. He said him and Patrick Ewing don't really get along. He's a difficult man to deal with. Hmm. Um, he said in the 10 years that they played together, they only, they, he said, guess how many times we had dinner? He asked us for the table. Um, 
and you know people came up with different numbers. He said two, two times out of those ten years. Mm. I was like, hmm, okay. So he doesn't really like he he likes Charlotte. I mean, he said he's difficult, so he doesn't really talk with him. Um, John Starks was supposed to be there. He was not there. I mean, I'm trying to think because it's basically like a workmate. I'm trying to think how many times I've had like like a private dinner like with a workmate because I've been at in the same company for roughly right. like I, 10 years right I I, that, that is really that, like that's understandable when you think about like the regular work relationship and work lifestyle but you're talking about guys that are spending months and months together with each other and they're spending weeks on the road together and it's just them you know and if they have to go out to dinner, they have to eat at some point. They have to go up. They go out to eat. So he was, was he was including, you know, being on a road and, you know, presumably they're staying at the same hotel, but they can do what they want as far as dinner. Right. So he was counting that in the two times, like. Yeah, yeah. That's in the in the ten years that they played together. They wow. had dinner together twice. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um. And then he started talking about James Dolan and why the Knicks as an organization don't really like him, why his number's not retired. Um, he thinks James Dolan, he's, well, he doesn't like the current Knicks team. When everybody, he watched those guys. He, he doesn't like the way they play. He thinks they're soft. They don't play defense. They, just, they act like they don't care out there. He's, he's very agitated with the current state of the Knicks. And when somebody asks him about him, just like he – did with us, he, he tells them how, how he feels about it, which is what problem, which is James Dolan's problem. And Charles Oakley's explanation was like, look, if they ask me, oh, how do you think the Knicks are going to do this year? And he's like, and if they're a shitty team, I'm not going to say they're going to win the championship. I'm going to say, I don't know, they've been lucky to make the playoffs. And that's the type of stuff that he's quoted as saying. That's just how he feels. He's being real. Like, it's an honest answer. Right. And Knicks management takes that as him like, you know, being adversarial, being negative about the team. And so that's, that's what's caused this, uh, this fracture in the relationship. He doesn't get free tickets. If he wants to go to a game, he has to buy his own tickets. Mm, yeah, that is one of the first things he said, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, he doesn't like Alan Houston either. He's like, Alan Houston got in good with them. He called Alan Houston the Uncle Tom. Um, <laughs> that was af- that was afterwards after the dinner when we went and had a drink together. <laughs> um. Oh my god! I don't even know if we're gonna be able to release this story, man. Like I'm now getting nervous. <laughs> Want me to? Should I no, say what happened don't. with my? With... <laughs> Just say everything. I mean, I can always edit stuff out. But... All right. So then, so the rest of the dinner was fine. He gave his opinions. Um, James Dolan. So then we go um, for a drink afterwards, and that's when he really starts going in on James Dolan, saying like he never liked, you know, he had no, he never, he didn't come in, he didn't start out having a problem with him. What got him mad was when he refused to shake his wait, hand, wait, like, turn his I'm back. Sorry. Back, back up, back up, back up. So, yeah. uh, the dinner, uh, so who went to the, the drinks? Um, oh, and he said, he said some stuff that was like, uh, slightly problematic. <laughs> okay. About receivers. We 
can about receivers being called divas and you know the implications and being called a diva and the, the sexuality of of people and I just kind of he, he I think he felt my unease with him saying certain words um, and he was like uh, I, I'm not I don't mean to offend anyone but but that stuff you know oh okay I was like okay was he, right. was he actually using those words though. Uh, he just said, you know, he didn't, he didn't say the big one. He just said, gay, you know, that's gay stuff. That's homosexuals. That's gay stuff to me. I just like kind of side-eyed him. And so then he's like, uh, but you, he didn't say not that there's anything. He didn't do the science though. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But right. he just, we just agreed to move on. Cause I think he that's realized probably that he the, that's probably for the best. jackass. And I didn't want to get slapped in the face by Charles Oakley, so yeah. I stayed quiet and just looked at him. <laughs> and this is this is still at the dinner. <laughs> yes, this is still at the dinner. Didn't want to upset him. Um, <laughs> but this is, I'm already this is why, like, that this is... <laughs> this is, like, the contrast of the next night is so wild because he was so nice and like so friendly and funny and just really calm. And then see him acting like that, like, I'm really, I was really thinking, like, man, what got him to that point of that, you know, he's fucking pushing security guards in their face. Yeah. I mean, just to, to flash forward in the story, uh, he did admit um, that prior to the incident at MSG, he said he had a couple drinks before he got. I MSG. believe that. Um, he told me that he had 25 shots at his Super Bowl party. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, with a big guy like that, it, it you know, 25 shots for him is maybe like, I don't know, four shots for you and me. <laughs> four? <laughs> Probably like 10 shots for a normal person, normal size human being. Uh, I mean, it would depend on your tolerance as well, but. True. He's really big. He is. He's still in really good shape, too. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he, he had admit. I mean, my, well, I'll get into my theory, my overall theory of what happened at the end. Oh, yeah. So so we go up for the drink, and this is where he starts like really talking negatively about James Dolan because he refused to shake his hand, turned his back on him. This was years ago at some All-Star weekend, and... <clears throat> And that's when he said, I almost went upside his head, or I wanted to go upside his head right then, but he didn't. Um, so wait, at, so at an all-star game a while back, James Dillon wouldn't shake his hand, or he wouldn't shake Dillon's Right, he wouldn't. Like, Charles Oakley put his hand out to shake his hand. James Dillon declined and just turned his back on him. Damn. Yeah. Up. It is real messed up. Um, so that's when he's started talking negatively um, about him and about basically how like no former Knicks are really in. He's like, they like John Starks, they like Alan Houston. And then he said something about Isaiah, but he was like mumbling. I couldn't tell what he said about Isaiah Thomas. Um, but yeah, he, that's when he called Alan Houston and Uncle Tom. He said John Starks got in good with them. He, they like John Starks somehow. Um, he's like, but I just say how I feel. No matter who's asking me the question, no matter what it's about. Yeah. And I was like, oh, all right. Um, and then he started, I mean, the conversation got real random when we went out, because then there were some other people that came out to hang, uh, 
came from the dinner. He started started talking about home repair, like plumbing. <laughs> it's like it, was, it got real random. He was talking about his talking about because somebody mentioned something about some pipes and so then he started asking a bunch of questions. <laughs> it's like all right. Charles Oakley, the amateur plumber. Um, he was being a little dodgy about where he lives. Um, but I believe he lives in like Westchester County. He has just up there, um, in Yonkers, I believe in like Mount Vernon area. Okay. And then the next day, so then that's when I texted people and then the next day he does this and then people are like, well, what, what did you say to Charles Oakley? I'm getting emails, getting people from work. Like, what did you guys do to Charles Oakley? <laughs> people from the, people from the fundraiser. Like, what happened? <laughs> I think I said that. Yeah, I think I said that to you too. My dad calls me early in the morning. He called my, called my personal cell phone, called my work cell phone. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> that is so funny. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That you. I mean, you. You told me the story was pretty good. That is way better than I was expecting. Um. So just to go back before the, the leg touching. So you're at the bar. He talked about um, Uncle Tom's. Uh, is yeah. There, is there anything else? Any other good? Because recently uh, um, he called Spreewell. Um, something negative to say about Spreewell when he sat with Dolan for that photo op or whatever. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't talk about anybody else besides that. Somebody asked him like some some lame ass LeBron James versus Michael Jordan question, and he he's like, "Look, man, they're they're different players. They're both very skilled." It's like, "Who's better?" You can't really say who's better. They're completely different. He's like, "Michael Jordan is a better scorer, better winner." It's like, but LeBron James is a, can do things that Michael Jordan can. It's like they're both very good. It's like, yeah, it's, you know, that's that's this was at the bar or the dinner. No, that was at the dinner. Somebody asked him that question. Yeah. So he's, <laughs> seems like, yeah, he's perfectly reasonable, charming at the dinner. Yeah. But then, oh, am I seeing a friend here? Did he get, get to the bar? <laughs> am I seeing a trend? And things take a turn. <laughs> you see what happens? See what happens? He gets, gets a little loose with the juice. Well, I'm definitely editing out you saying that. Um, <laughs> My concern is that this will get picked up somewhere and like you know, if Charles Oakley comes I'm scared to death. Like K Bad is, is scared of James Brown. I'm yeah. scared of Charles Oakley. I'm scared. He just walk out the door, he'll just be there in my apartment. <laughs> it will. Or like Dolan like somehow coming across as him being like, see, see? All right. See, I told you. Uh, I don't. Any sexually harassing women? You see this? See this oh, behavior yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna have to think about this. <laughs> the thing is, like, this is great podcast material. That, like, oh man, we keep like this is a, this is you now. This is an interesting point because 
you know, I talked earlier about going viral um, with one of my earlier websites, and I actually got made fun of by someone who's like, oh, you got only 500 hits a day. Wow, that's super viral, right? Because now it would, it would be like, you know, like 100,000 hits a right. day. Right, it's a different, different era. Yeah. Only 500. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. We can, we can talk about that offline after this. But, um, Another so. point, at the hotel bar, I think they're like, <clears throat> there are, um, I guess this, what you could say, this ecosystem, right, surrounding uh, athletes and entertainers. Oh, because these, a group of ladies rolled in and they were like ready to go. I don't know if I don't know if I'm describing it very well. It was like were there other athletes from the events at the bar? No, but I feel like there's like some sort of (laughs) notification system or something where they know that some event is happening and name people will be there and they just like show up and they were dressed way sexier than anybody else at the bar. Definitely more attractive than anybody else at the bar. Right. And they were definitely looking over at Charles Oakley. But then some other guy came in and they started talking to him. But I, I also think that happens at hotel bars as well, though. Just regular hotel bars. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of, I've seen prostitutes at the Prostitute, W. Yeah, prostitutes, definitely. Yeah. But these ones didn't necessarily look like prostitutes. They just more looked like, um, you know, like trying to catch their ticket. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was. I was recently, I don't want to give too much detail here, but I was at an event at um, a place in New York that extremely well-connected people um, will, well-connected and wealthy people will will hang out at on a regular basis. Um, Uh And um, there was some people there's this there's there's a yearly event that happens that I I I, I, sort, I, I don't even know why I get invited into still because like you know I'm just a regular Lower East Side dude but I do kind of like dipping my toe in that world every now and then um, and so I remember there were some women there from that were there last year that I was like like one of them gave me a, last year one of them gave me a business card and it just said like her name and then like consultant and then a phone number and that was it and I was like consultant yeah and I was a little suspicious then but then I saw her again um more recently at this event I was at a couple weeks ago and um I I was there with a friend and I asked my friend do you think maybe she's like I gave her a little bit of background I was like do you think maybe she's like you know trying to work somebody here and, and my friend was like oh yeah definitely just based on yeah. the, the look and a little bit of background info I gave um <laughs> so anyway I'm not yeah I'm not surprised like I don't and I, I feel like we're, we're getting a little bit we're not not maybe misogynistic, but maybe a little bit too close to that line. I don't like. We are. We're on the line. We're on. Right on the edge. Yeah. 
um, because you know, it, honestly, it's none of my none of our business. They can do it whatever they want. Um, there is a stereotype about women who seek out, um, you know, celebrities. There's no doubt about that. We live in New York. We see a lot of things. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> we can just leave it there. Um, but uh, anyway, okay. It, it, that, I mean, that pretty much covers, like, is there anything else from you before we get into, like, the aftermath of the incident? No, no, that's it. <clears throat> okay, so um, what has subsequently happened is um, uh, Dolan and Oakley have put out competing statements to the press. Uh, there was a meeting with the uh, commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver, uh, where Silver said afterwards that both parties were apologetic, um, although... Charles Oakley after that said, I wanted, I still want an apology uh, from Dolan. I guess he wants a public one. Uh, and he said, I don't, I don't, I guess the, he was banned in the immediate aftermath of that. Now, I guess the ban has been lifted. But he's like, I don't know if I'll, if I want to go there until like, I think because Dolan suggested that he has an alcohol problem. Right. Um, I think he wants an apology for that, which is totally understandable. Um, I think he also said, like, he has an anger management issue. Um, my take, uh, and that I guess that's sort of where we are now. Um, you know, it's All-Star Weekend this weekend. Um, uh, I don't know if Oakley's there, but Carmelo Anthony is there. Um, so there, there hasn't been much talk about it. It has sort of died down. I don't know if his charges are still pending. I really hope they get dropped. I hope they dropped them. Yeah, it doesn't. It seemed, yeah, it seemed that charging him at all, I mean, arresting him mm, doesn't seem necessary. Um, but um, charging him seems over, overboard. Um, I, anyway, I, I, I hope for the best because, I, you know, he, he is well liked within the NBA player community, with the New York fan community. Um, it's horrible marketing on James Dolan's part to be distancing himself from this guy who's really well beloved. Um, and I don't know, Dolan, the thing is, like, it just came out Forbes rated the Knicks the most valuable NBA franchise. I think they estimated their worth at like $3.3 billion. Um, they sell out, apparently, they sell out every game, which is a little crazy to me. Really? Apparently, yeah. Huh. I mean, I think that's more a function of just being in the, the most crowded city in the country. Um, but anyway, um, fuck, where was I going with this? My take on what happened is that for whatever reason, Dolan doesn't like him, doesn't like when he comes to the games. If, if Oakley's admitting to having a few drinks for the game, it's likely that he actually had quite a few. Um, <laughs> um, if he's admitting to having drinks at all. Usually, I mean, people just thought, like, you know, oh, I may have had a couple drinks. Um, 
professor right. I said that myself on occasion. Um, if he's sitting four rows behind Dolan and the security's there within, also he said like security was there in four and a half minutes, which is a really oddly specific time frame. Um, he's like, I sat down four minutes later, like why, why not five minutes later? That's, That's true, because it was like, he did, yeah, I saw that somewhere. He didn't last very long. Essentially, he got to his seat, like sat down and got comfortable and security showed up. Yeah, so he said four minutes, but if he's four rows behind Dolan and he sees him and he's been drinking, even a couple drinks, I could see him maybe talking some shit, maybe loudly enough for Dolan to hear, and Dolan's like, fuck it, get him out of here. Right. Um, I don't want to deal with this for the whole game. Um, and then, I mean, security, like, if security comes and, like, gets, says you gotta go, you gotta go, like, <laughs> you're not, there's no scenario <clears throat> in which you're gonna talk them out of it. Yeah. Um, you definitely don't want to start fighting with them. Um, it's, it sucks that he would get kicked out, um, for just talking a little shit, but, you know, you gotta some sometimes you gotta understand power dynamic that you're in and if you're definitely not gonna win at all it's probably not worth fighting um and i think that's this is an example of that no i i agree i don't but yeah i think you just you know once you get surrounded uh, who knows what people were saying it just looks it looks terrible for the Knicks though like nobody is even really faulting Charles Oakley except for the Knicks <laughs> yeah and I mean the big takeaway is what a lot of players are saying is that you know now nobody's going to want to go play there they're not going to attract any free agents this is how, how you're treating people that played there for 10 years that are crowd favorites and this is what happens to you it's kind of treatment you get yeah I mean, I think the, the the main reason people don't want to go next is that they're just terrible. Right. Um, that's the, the the poor treatment by ownership is definitely you know an issue. But like, I mean, look, it's money is money, right? So they have tons of money. Um, they do, but yeah, you're right. They don't. They're they're terrible. They'll, uh, never, they'll never get a superstar. Like they'll never. Get no. A, like LeBron's not going there. If I, I don't think he ever. But, um, right, it's like as long as Dolan's yeah, around, get, like, they're not gonna get like an Anthony Davis. No, no. they're not gonna get like um, I don't know who are some other young. They're not gonna get like a Chris Paul. Um, Chris Paul is the opposite of a young player. How old is he? He's like as old as Dwayne Wade. I think they came in the same class. Maybe a year apart. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, Phil Jackson's got to go too. Like this whole Phil Jackson Carmelo thing, it looks terrible for them as well. Like they they've just had a tough year, man. Yeah, this is an epic year. Like the Knicks get involved in like trifling pretty frequently, but this, just the last month has been pretty epic. Yeah, and they've been losing. 
And I mean, people, I think people generally, like fans generally like Carmelo. They love Chris Dabbs. Um, so they have like, man, squandered potential. They have Noah signed to like for the next three seasons after this one. For, like, yeah, like, that wasn't, here. it wasn't a bad signing, right? Like he's no, it was. not a, it, I would say the addition of him wasn't bad, but the contract they gave him was bad. Yeah. You don't think he meshes well with the team? Is that what you're saying? I think he's, I think he's done. I think he's like, his production, like he's like a fucking 10, 15 minute player now, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, they, they have just been making a lot of bad personnel decisions. I mean, the only the only like real good one, like Derek Rose hasn't been that bad, right? I haven't been paying attention, but at least he's not injured this year. Um, he's been decent, but I mean, even with him, like he has the like a wall incident, right? I think the, the Phil Jackson posse incident was this season. Yeah, Phil Jackson posse. Phil Jackson. Yeah. He was always. Um, I don't remember Phil Jackson like saying this many controversial things in the past, and then as soon as he comes to the Knicks, he got to talk crazy. Nice. Yeah, I mean, he's just been known for, like, well, his Zen thing. Right. But now he's talking, what do you, what do you say? I've learned that you can't change your leopard spots, or a leopard can't change its spots, yeah. in, in reference to Carmelo Anthony. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh. it's your highest paid player, dude. Like, Why can't you just say no comment, or just, just not say I anything? Know. I mean, he's... certain amount of money where I don't know man I think like maybe this is like a function of like just human nature where you know his he's secure in his life he has been for years but there's still a desire for um, drama or intrigue in your life um, that is I think maybe innate to human nature and so just start stuff like do stuff just maybe to start shit yeah just, well, have something, just have something to do he can go do that on and be a private citizen doesn't have to work for any of these NBA teams I tell you I don't think anybody's gonna hire him now though no he's done he's done um yeah wow this took sort of a depressing turn <laughs> It, it is because we start talking about the Knicks, man. <laughs> okay, should we talk about Kyrie's conspiracy theory? God. Um, you know, we should we should just wrap, wrap up with our because I do want to get a conspiracy segment into every episode. Um, and Draymond is backing him up now. This is getting it's getting I ridiculous. Think Draymond's just a troll, I think. Um, I think that's his thing. Trollmaster, yeah. Trollmaster generally, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we had another segment after this, but let's just save it for next week. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> oh, man. Um, so just to set up, it's Kyrie Irving, um, Cleveland Cavaliers point guard. Uh, great guy by all, most accounts, if, if not all accounts. Um, good. 
good integrity has a really interesting backstory. His dad seems really cool too. Um, you know about Kyrie's backstory, right? Didn't he have some baby mama drama? Mm, he had. An, there was an incident with um, an R&B singer that we won't go into. Um, but for the most part, good. Um, it, it, the news this week is that he was on a podcast and he was saying that um, he believes in, that the Earth is flat. This is a thing on the internet that's sort of bubbled up lately. Uh, rapper B.O.B. maybe a year ago said the same thing. They, they think the Earth is flat, um, mostly based on, um, well, with B.O.B. it was like on YouTube videos that... Uh, kind of you can't even say it with a straight face. You're like, it's based on uh, YouTube, homemade oh, YouTube videos. So, so like press face. Um, <laughs> did not specify where he got his info, but he seems pretty adamant. I don't, I, it doesn't seem like he's joking, even though this would be like a pretty mm -hmm. cool, pretty funny I thought he was joking at first. Control. But, yeah. Oh, man, these guys. So, I mean, I did, I did oh. just to give him a little bit more background, the, the basic, this is like a thing, Flat. they're called flat earthers. Um, it's been a thing for... <laughs> I don't know, thousands of years. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's been pretty, pretty categorically... Um, They're coming back now. Over, ...overruled by just, you know, some good science um, and physics and just general knowledge of stuff, of how things work that we've developed as humans <laughs> over the general. last thousand years. Right. <laughs> so... I will never look at Kyrie the same, man. Yeah, like, unfortunately, it's but because I think he's a decent guy, I'm, I am trying to like, <clears throat> I don't know if it's playing devil's advocate, but I'm just like wondering how he, he got to this point because I there is the stereotype of like the you know, professional athlete because they do have to spend so much time um, with sports and stuff that obviously Book, learn, book learning takes a back seat, um, which I don't necessarily have an, an issue with, really, um, as, as a broad issue. If you want to, it would be like, you know, uh, like a tradesman or something. Um, if you want to be a woodworker or like a plumber, you don't really need to know a lot about astrophysics. Um, mm -hmm. It's not a requirement. I mean, obviously, the Earth being sphere is really basic um i'm sure he believed it at some point in his childhood then maybe he found some new information quote quote information that he finds compelling uh, it, it doesn't people are using this to take shots at duke obviously because he went there duke has a reputation right um as being fairly strong academically I, it is but you know, with basketball players, there's always, um, you know, what, whatever. Look, I mean, my thing is, like, he's not hurting anyone. It, I doubt that this belief of his will lead to anyone being harmed. Um, I, it's unfortunate because it, he's so clearly wrong um, and sort of embar he's embarrassing himself in public, but... You know, it's not the worst thing in the world. 
Yeah. What are your thoughts? It's <laughs> okay. When you think about it like that, you're you're right. Like it could be much worse. We've heard a lot more fake news and alternative facts these days that have <laughs> that's been harmful. And this is like, you know, you get a chuckle out of this because it's no. I, even if somebody's like, oh yeah, it is flat. Like that's not harming a group of people. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I, I mean, maybe somebody will go on a hunt for the edge of the earth. I mean, maybe he will. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. There could be worse things. It's just, it's just so baffling when somebody says this, though. Yeah. It's like, it's like what? Well, what else do you believe? Now I got to know what else he's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> through all the best. He probably, I know he believes in Sasquatch then. He's got to think about it. He's got to believe in Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be out there clacking, clacking those wood, uh, wood blocks uh, together. Yo, you know, there's, what was the show? This goes back to our conspiracy segment about, about Finding Bigfoot. Finding Bigfoot. Yo, I was going through the channel guide. There's a, it's now, I believe that show is now called Killing Bigfoot. No. There is definitely that's a show called that's... Killing Bigfoot now. Dude, last night. What are they night, doing that one? Because they ran out of finding Bigfoot. Now they're angry because they didn't find him, so they just want to kill him. <laughs> He's so good at it. But don't you have to find him to kill him? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe if you just like think he's in a forest somewhere, you just like napalm the whole thing. <laughs> that'll kill him. Whew. That, yeah, honestly, I'm not even joking. I was scrolling through the channel guide last night. There's a show called Killing Bigfoot. I have to imagine it's on the same channel, unless it's a competing show. Oh. Could be a competing. Killing Bigfoot. What? I'm going to yeah. look this up. So, basically, the, the, the conspiracy, if we were to delve into conspiracy theories. My, so my, I do have a minor issue with this thing is because the basic idea is that um, uh, you're right, it's a show. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, it, it's that the, the overall issue that I have an, or thing that I have an issue with is that people think that science doesn't know everything. Science gets things wrong. I know better. I know better because I have a hunch and that shit angers me a lot. Um, right. It's people who are like, hey, my opinion, I have a, I have a hunch here. You know, thousands of years of scientific research and satellite photos and the fact that we have time zones. <laughs> um, that doesn't matter. Because yeah, I, I, I saw a YouTube video that, you know, you know. You know, we have, we, have, we have space stations, satellites, people, people hundreds right of people have been in space. Yeah, people in space right now. No, no. They're all wrong. They're all seeing it wrong. I don't know what they're seeing. Yeah. Like, I, I, have, I got the info. And, you know, they can find, the thing is, these days, they can find a community of people who back them up. And I, there's probably, like, a flat Earth dating site. Mm. Uh, no, but but realistically, one of these people has got to want to find the edge of the earth, right? If you believe that it's flat, don't you want to find the edge? I, 
I mean, I'm sure they want to. I don't know if these people are well-funded enough to really... <laughs> that, you know, that's a lot of work and money and prep time and stuff, so... And, like, I mean, just a simple... I mean, how do you think a boat goes from Japan to California? What is it doing? It's going the long way around? It's going all the way down? Yeah. I on mean, the Africa, theory, on the like, South America? Well, their thing is, yeah, the thing is, like, it, like, the UN map is sort of, like, what they think the Earth is like. And actually, you could technically go on a boat around from anywhere to anywhere or fly anywhere to anywhere in a straight line. Um, but it's, it's like, it's a common sense approach to something that has been rigorously studied and the, the conventional wisdom, which was the conventional wisdom for hundreds of thousands of years of human history, you know, right. uh, it's been proven wrong. Like we learn things, like we learn how gravity works. We learn that like, you know, the, the germ theory of disease. And that's not to say that all science is perfect because obviously we learn things that in science that replace things. But the point is that you need to do a rigorous study things and scientists will tell you we don't know everything but we have things that we can like science allows us to predict things math allows us to predict things one plus one equals two every time it's not like if you pray to the rain god maybe it'll make it rain the next day maybe not but one mm -hmm. plus one always equals two so um some we, we take that and we build on that and there's, <laughs> there's such a it's just so dismissive of like so much hard work that's what upsets me yeah <clears throat> it's yeah it's sad it's, I don't get it and I just don't get it yeah and, and also like what do you gain from this alright earth's flat fine but now what <laughs> it's trying to enlighten you man enlighten the world Open your eyes. You can start a pizza chain where it's like the pizzas look like the earth. Or... Square pizzas? I think those already exist. Well, no, I think they still think that the earth is like a disc. It's, it's circular, it's just not spherical. Oh, disc. I see. Not a rectangle. No, 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 no. It's still a disc. Okay. I wonder what he thinks about the other planets. Are they real? That's a good question. How's he feel about the sun? Like the moon? So many questions now. <laughs> I mean, it is weird that he this came up over all stuff. Like this is why, at some level, I have to like his. He must have like the best PR people, the best agents. He's borderline superstar in the NBA. Um, uh, he must have extremely smart people around him that would. <laughs> I don't know if this is... The, so he almost certainly has a PR person that would have advised him against talking about this on a podcast. Yes. So then why do it? I, I sort of, on the back of my mind, I still think he might be trolling. But to do it around the All-Star weekend, like... I'm going to agree with your Draymond that he's trolling. I think Draymond, okay, yeah. He's probably just egging people on. But yeah, Kyrie, I mean, uh, they hate yeah. the Cavs, so like, yeah, he'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, 
that because he wants to keep the story going to make Kyrie look right. I mean, maybe Kyrie just never said it to anyone. Maybe his PR people like, what? (laughs) Their heads exploded as soon as they heard it. (laughs) Um, Well, the other thing is, like, you know, we have this conspiracy segment because we both like delving into conspiracy theories, which by definition are, like, is the alternative story to conventional wisdom. And, you know, I have this really interest in the JFK assassination and you know I could go to someone and say like it was it like I mean I I actually hesitate to get into into it too deeply on a podcast but you know someone could look at me crazy for some of the things that I might say about the JFK assassination but I would chalk that up to their ignorance in a way and I think that mentality is sort of what Kyrie has, except I don't think he's done his due diligence on this. Yes. Okay. I see. Yeah. He does have that same mentality and that, no, you guys are dumb or you don't know what you're talking about. However, yeah, I mean, right. There's so much factual information going against what he believes. Yeah. Like I'm all for challenging the conventional wisdom. That, that's great. That's one of the ways. Like, scientists are, too. Um, right, yeah. It's just that this particular one has been really, really, really well-researched. It's like, maybe this whole thing is a joke. I don't know, man. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I didn't, you know what? I'm curious. I didn't listen to the podcast. I just like um, heard him talking about it briefly in an interview. But how how does that even come up in, in, in a, during a conversation? That's a good question because this is um, I, I didn't listen to it either. But it's a podcast he did with with Channing Frye and Richard Jefferson. It's called like the the Road Road. I, I should definitely know this. Like now, like Road Warriors now, or something. Now, now we sound bad because we don't know the, all the details. But it, Road Dogs. Road, yeah. I don't know why Channing Fry and Richard Jefferson have a podcast. Maybe it's just a one-off. Um, but he did talk about it for a good, a good length of time. I don't know how it came up. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and listen to it because, uh, you know, I'm curious to see where, where that came from. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, Kyrie keeping things interesting on All-Star Weekend. Exactly. And All-Star Games tonight. Um, should be, there's a bunch of bunch of good storylines going there with the KD, Russell Westbrook thing, uh, Melo being in it even though he doesn't want to because it ruined his vacation plans. Um, so he's outing. But <laughs> man, we, this has actually one of, been one of our longer episodes and only cover like two topics, so. It has been. Oak, Oak Man made us do it. It did. All right. Um, all right. Any closing thoughts? Uh, the Earth is Round. Yep. Um, I would second that. Um, though I would say. And don't mess with Charles Oakley. <laughs> oh, man. We're both. He's going to kill us both. All right. <laughs> Mr. Podcast.